I'm over here now. Pardon the interruption, no need for introduction. It's the drunken monk. Turn this shit up a little, son. My bucket up in smoke, sipping Bacardi till I'm giving my car keys to Jimmy Ferrari. And we out, about to go jump in a mosh pit full of hundreds of hot chicks saying something obnoxious like, I gotta put my foot in your ass permit. When I'm done, I'll cook you in a Brooklyn blast furnace. Look at you. Good to see you, my man. Good to be seen, man. Speaking of being seen, I'm at that point now where I can't see anything without these glasses, these these, these cheap readers. I buy like 12 of them on uh, Amazon every like 30 days because you think with 12 you wouldn't lose them all, but I leave them everywhere. They burst. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, I mean, bro, my whole life, my mother had bad eyes, my brother had bad eyes. I was the only one who didn't. And then when I hit 50, we were in the airport on tour and I was getting headaches trying to read anything. And I, and I went to the, into like one of those, uh, you know, one of those bookshop whatever's in the airports. And I tried on the readers. I was like, ah, no wonder. Yeah. And then it's been, once you put them on, man, you can never take them off. That's the, that's the thing. And they're not even like prescription, right? They're just like, uh, these... it's just like, and it's the lowest one. It's like 1.5 or whatever, but okay. now I can't see it. It's been getting progressively worse. So now without them, if I look at my laptop, I'm, I, I can't read anything up close without them. So. I think the computers and the phones fuck up your vision too, man. It absolutely do. That's that radiation or whatever that, that I have ones with yellow too, but they just, it, it, yeah, it's, <laughs> the yellow lenses they've got like a yeah they're supposed to protect you from that but they they're a pain in the prick too so yeah. <laughs> yeah not as functional but uh yeah everything else has been good man how about you oh listen man just you know uh, i'm during the this whole pandemic thing i'm still working and shit which is a good thing you know what i mean i'm working every other day but i'm still getting my entire my, you know my whole salary which is cool you know, Nikki, she's not working because all the gyms and everything are closed down, but she uses Zoom and she does her thing in the living room and she has 95 people on. So she's still keeping busy. Cool. You know, as a matter of fact, like I'm off today. I work tomorrow. It's, it's my Monday, Wednesday, Friday week. Next week, I work Tuesday and Thursday. I, I just I go on and off with my boss. So I woke up a little while ago because my schedule was all fucked up. And the first thing, it's funny. I was like, I was like, yeah, I was like, uh, you want you want to go Delta Bravo something today? She's like, yeah, where do you want to go? I'm like, I think we should go to like John Gotti's funeral home or something like that, like where they, you know, where they pull the casket out or something, somewhere kind of local. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's honestly, dude, that's that's like yeah. what we do when we have spare time. Yeah, now it was such a unique time. I mean, for people who don't know what that is, it's the uh, you know the location. Uh, you know, mashing and whatnot. We find locations and then we go out on the streets and we figure out where they were filmed and then we do the mash and put it online. But yeah. what a unique time in history to do that. I was doing the same thing, man. I mean, there's nobody on the streets, especially in Manhattan for you. Oh, wanted dude. to get like part of the problem when you, you know, it, it never fails. For instance, like one of the hardest ones to find, we were looking for the the Barracudas Clubhouse in Saturday Night Fever, where yes. they the car through the through the front thing of their social club of and course. start start uh fight with the puerto rican kids and uh, i didn't know where that was and i got a screen grab or something and then i forget we had a few little little bits of information it was in somewhere in brooklyn and then finally steve mona sussed it out and so we went there literally in the middle of the night because i was flying back to la in the morning it must have been midnight whatever we get there and there's literally an 18 wheeler parked uh, right uh, like and it just says china company on it or something like that that's and we were like, motherfucker. And Mona was pissed. And then I, all of a sudden, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is brilliant. And I, I'll find the photo and send it to you. But uh, it, it actually worked out good because it's so ironic because you get to see the pieces of the, the the building and then this green truck with this bright red logo. It was almost like another piece of art behind the art, you know. And we yeah. ended up back another time or Mona went back and got the photos. But we've had that. I've had that happen a few times in L.A. I drove all the way out to... Um, Oh damn! I want to. See. It's the 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 gangster from New York who lived in Los Angeles. Uh, they hmm. did a movie. Sean Penn played him. I'm trying to think. Mickey Cohen. Okay. I, I went to a, a Mickey Cohen house, and sure enough, the ladies there already taking the groceries out. It was like just all of the locations that are you know like there's always the the rule of thumb is it, it, no matter how isolated it is, 
or how many uh, miles away where you think nobody else will be there, you'll get to the middle of the desert and somebody else will be there taking a photo or doing something yeah, right. right in your spot. One other example was we went out to the, uh, <laughs> there's a rule, it's a golden rule of urban exploring and we've made it up ourselves, but the rule is no pools and no schools for obvious reasons. So uh, I went to the White Shadow to North Hollywood High School to take the, the picture of the basketball court and I heard the coaches whistle and they're all pointing like, get them, get them. They thought, thought I was like a pervert or something. Yeah, you're like some creepy dude. Yeah, and then one time me and Nako drove out to Pasadena in the middle of winter to go to the Olympic swimming pool because that's where the, the Nirvana uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit album. Yeah. And I'm like, it's California. It's the middle of winter. It's a cold day. I'm like, there's nobody going to be swimming in that pool. He's like, ah, there might be. I'm like, bro. So it takes about two hours to get there, even though you could probably walk there in 20 minutes because of traffic. Yeah, we get there. There must have been a thousand kids. There was swim class. There was all kinds uh, of crazy. Of course, kids. there was. And I'm like, bro, we're not leaving without the shot. And same thing. We were at the we were at the pool taking photos. Two dudes in all black taking photos of like, and the parents started pointing, and we started hearing like the commotion. We got a few <laughs> shots, and we boned out of there. We were gone. But uh, yes, it. So now with the with the streets being somewhat empty still, it's probably ideal to go get, if you need that clean shot, to yeah, go get. I've, got, I've gotten a lot. I mean, I mean, the the opening of, of, of um, Vanilla Sky when he's going through Times Square, dude, yeah. it, was, it wasn't much different than the movie, man. Like I did that about a month ago and I, don't, I only work like maybe five blocks from Times Square. And it's like, I'll get out of work at five o'clock and that's yeah. peak rush hour in New York City, man. Sure. So I'm walking out and there's literally within like four blocks is like maybe, maybe 20 people, maybe at the most. And it's crazy. So we, we did that because when else are you going to do it? You know what I mean? So, but there's always that thing. There's always scaffolding, <laughs> scaffolding ruins your pictures, you know? Yeah, no, listen, that, that's actually a good, uh, that's a good movie too. I like, that's like a guilty pleasure movie. Anything Cameron Crowe I like, but yeah. that movie in particular, uh, yeah. That was a dope movie, and that's there's a song in there, Doot Doot, which was uh, he put it in there. It's a classic. It's like a it's a, yeah. like a deep cut. But my buddy Jerry Harrington, rest in peace, man. Uh, that was his cut in college, man. He's a little bit older than me, but he was like, yeah, you know that song. I'm like, man, I got it off the fucking soundtrack for uh, Vanilla Sky, which was based on a book. I think Water Like Chocolate. It was like a Spanish book. Yes, he adapted that from. And uh, ironically enough, the guy who prints up all of my stuff for years, it was my old sponsor, my main man, Tommy, who has the Valley Relics Museum. His wife is a dancer in one of those club scenes, man. They pan, the camera pans through. So it's funny you said that one. I remember you posting that. I was like, yeah, that's a dope one. And it kind of goes unnoticed, that movie. It wasn't like his no, biggest hit, but I think it's a, I love that movie. Yeah, it's a, it's a guilty pleasure, I guess. And it was like, what a, what a perfect time. Like, even like I Am Legend and stuff like that, there's all desolation. So it's perfect time to go and do that shit. Yeah. You know, and like, and if and if nobody knows, like you mentioned, Mona, Steve Mona was on the podcast for anyone who's listening a while back. And yo, man, he's I'll send him like when in doubt, call Steve Mona because there's random weird pictures that there's no landmarks or anything like that. I'll be like, yo, can you help me out with this? Give me a minute. And like 15 minutes later, he'll be he'll send me a map with its circle that's right here. That's like, yo, how do Mona's great. Most people, I mean. Again, if you're listening, you know who Steve Mona is. Steve Mona is a retired lieutenant NYPD and ran the Vandal Squad. So, I mean, he knows his way around New York City and and, and every in the surrounding areas pretty much like nobody else's business. And he's got the he's got the grin, the tin, and and the keys to get you in. So, I, <laughs> you can you can you can make uh, you can make hay with him if you're trying to get to spots you couldn't get. My favorite, which I wasn't at, him and Butchie hit. They hit the Beat Street roof where they were looking at the clean white car. I, I know that one. That's one of my favorite, and that's one I haven't been to. So there's still a lot of spots that they smashed. We went up on Nas's roof, uh, same way, you know what I mean? And, and like yeah, on an yeah. anniversary or something that was like Queensbridge-related. We seen yeah, dudes yeah. up in the staircase. They seen us coming. They started, They took off because, they, you know, a bunch of white dudes that like, you know, in, in, in like raid-looking jackets and, you know, nylon jackets. And they're like, oh, <laughs> shit, the Ds are here. Like they were, they were being out. But uh, we, we've hit some good locations that way, man. Yeah, man. So where are you now? You're in Tulsa right now? I'm in Tulsa, man. I live at uh, in the Mayo Hotel, and uh, the city is, was quarantined. They're starting to open it up now. Uh, the Midwest did okay, man. I, we didn't get hit like New York and L.A. did. Right. So uh, they're already starting to get restless and open up. 
we had cases of it, but we were kind of like the last, you know, again, the coastal cities got hit and then it started spreading to the Midwest. But I think we did okay, all things considered. But, uh, you know, it was locked down for a while, uh, you know, out of everybody was, you know, uh, scared of, you know, catching, you know, something that could kill them. But now I'm looking out the windows. I mean, I see traffic on the highways again and people are out. And so, I mean, with with, you know, proper protocols, masks, gloves, I think, you know, it's time to get back to work. I mean, this thing can't be worse than the actual, you know, the disease, man. And, you know, people. I've been fortunate that that it 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 hasn't. Um, I I can you know this is the life of an entrepreneur actually. If people you know I I I get it if you if you get paycheck to paycheck and you're used to that security, but uh, this is for me no bit different than being in a band or being an entrepreneur in my life. It's feast or famine, and right now it's just famine. So uh-huh. I've been I've been I've been a good little boy with with what little money I do have. <laughs> Right. throughout the years so i you know it is what it is listen i'm not making any money but i i feel you know I, I i can hold up for a year or so without making any money and not you know lose my shirt so yeah, it's kind yeah. of part of sobriety and whatever else but uh yeah, you man. know again and I, I i'm in a business where you know i run a, a museum a small you know house uh museum but uh we the crowds that we have there are usually around 20 people anyway so we're in that you were we're in that smaller you know uh, realm of of things uh and we'll see how that unfolds but we were you know we had a few things scheduled we were planning to do all summer long movies on the lawn and uh, so we'll have to see how that works but again you know um the bigger picture is, is flattening the curve and making sure that you know we get through this thing so yeah, it is what it is. Again, that's what I was trying to say earlier. You know, I thought I would put all this time to good use, and I have. I'm being a little bit of a dick, but I mean, I've been. Me and Caves have been going through our archives, man. I'm scanning shit. The more shit, I thought I was going to clean up my spot, but what I ended up doing was emptying every box of in storage. Every fucking, I got sticker boxes on one side, photos on the other, slides I'm scanning, uh, old, old House of Pain shit over here, photos of like just. I'm trying to go through the archives, man, and it's mind-bending because there's so much emotional baggage tied with it all, you know? You yeah, speak but it's, gotta be, it's gotta be a good feeling, though, like, wow, you look back... No, it's a terrible shit. feeling. I fucking hate <laughs> it. I used to love it, bro. I used to be known for, like, having the nice archives, man. I got graffiti archives. I got stickers, streetwear, uh, hip-hop. I'm sending all my hip-hop posters to, to a dude online that's a, a collector, too, man. I'm just trying to lighten the load, man. I... I I've got I've collected a lot of things throughout my life and because of the Outsiders House Museum I feel like that should be my focal point anything SC Hinton related uh, is where I'm where where I'm at right now and in order to get new stuff I got to release old stuff if that makes sense you got to make room yeah, I got it new stuff and you know I again I've done my best I started sending me and Caves talk a lot from Lords of Brooklyn and so you know I've, I've had some stuff that we projects we had worked together and stuff and I'm like I'm just starting to slowly send put back where I think things belong, you know, even though they were in my collection and I've had them, I'm like, you'd be better with these. The guy who does the hip hop thing on the internet, the journal, uh, journalier, journalister, I can't pronounce how it puts it or I, I got to reread it, whatever. But uh, he's always putting up the posters. He got like all the classic hip hop posters. I'm like, yo, you got the in-store record ones that weren't like commercially available. I got a lot of those, bro. And I got an ill archive of the golden era. So I'm like, you know what? These shits are sitting in a box collecting dust i know they're worth you know to me they're priceless you know but i'm gonna sell them what am i do unroll and put them on ebay one by one i'm like and then i see him dude and i'm like you know what this dude would be great and he contacted me the next day after thinking i'd be like i'm gonna i'm gonna bless this dude with the archives that i got i wish i didn't throw away so many like i had every issue mass appeal thousands of issues of the source you know but when i left la as i was as i knew i was gonna move out of la i started to like just off those shits, man. I threw away like a big ass box of living in Beverly Hills prior to moving here, man. I lived in an apartment, but we have metaleros, man. We have these these dudes that come through the alleys on the regular. You put out clothes, tapes, whatever, it disappears in five minutes. It finds a good what? home. So we I I put out a, a ton of stuff before I left here, man. I feel bad about it now because now I look back at this dude would have loved all the mixtapes I had and all the all the magazines, but it's just too much bulk to bring you know, to Tulsa. So, but yeah. what I'm getting at is I'm just, it's, it's good downtime, man. Cause when else am I going to look through? I'm, I bought a CD drive just to go through old CDs of photos and mixed uh, like uh, 
demos and shit. It just bug out shit, man. Yeah. But it, make no mistake, it's emotional roller coaster, man, because it, it it brings up all of these, you know, good, bad, and indifferent emotions from all of this, you know, and some of that shit, especially when I was high, like, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I get it. I have I have old photos and stuff too. I look at it and I'll remember and I'll be like, "Wow, well, I was feeling no fucking pain here and this and that." So I yeah, get it. There's there's an era where I was just like uh, I was, you know, just so fucked up. I don't know how I didn't even, you know, like in some of the. Unfortunately, that was the era of like everybody started getting these like point and click digital cameras, these Canon cameras. I don't know why I got one, but and it was like. After my first sobriety, I relapsed after three and a half years, and that I was working on that just for Kicks documentary, and working for Mass Appeal still. So I had a camera wherever I went because I was doing a column based on like what product would be the next shit, you know? Like it was my it was my OMG, my Oh My God column, like Oh My God, Stash just dropped the new BWs, check these shits out, or Futura's doing this. So I brought my camera all over New York and LA, but unfortunately, I'm in a lot of those photos, man, and I was like. Fuck, man, I was dusted, bro. And not in a good way. Like, you know what I mean? It was a downward spiral. So, again, yeah. I seen him. I looked at him. If there was anything recoverable, like I sent Caves a bunch of photos of him painting the the the, the first Biggie painting that I think he sold to Everlast. I sent him photos of that. I, anything that was worth saving, I sent it to whoever may have needed it or wanted to see it. Yeah, I had pictures of me, Harold Hunter, and Stay High, man. I'm like, oh, shit. Wow. The only dude still alive in those photos? It's like, yo, Rip B, this shit is real. And yeah, I just, yeah. I took whatever I needed and, and just, I threw those discs away, man. I, I was like, I don't ever want to see that shit again. So it's been a little, you know, but you said Billy, I, I you know, there was old pictures of, you know, Rage Against the Machine, Biohazard, Corn on their first tour with us, like just weirdo photos and stuff. So I, you know, I saved, I saved what I needed to save and put it on a hard drive, awesome. but I got rid of so many CDs that I was like, yo. Yeah. You know what I've realized lately a lot? I've been, I've been looking at stuff and, and, and it seems like, I don't know, maybe if maybe if you're going through the same thing, as far as like I feel like I'm getting I don't feel old at all, but it's just it's so weird how certain things like you look back like, yo, that was actually 30 years ago. You know what I mean? It's just it's just time time lately seems very weird. Yeah. Like well, you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Growing up, you know, we moved a lot. The time moved a lot slower, man. But the Internet and as you get older, you realize, I mean, we sound like those old heads now. We're like, you know what? Get off my lawn. I feel that way. Yeah. And it, it, you blink. You know what? This is the first time in, 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 in history where, like, I mean, think about it. Facebook's got memories. You go through the memories. I'm like, whoa, I. I just had one yesterday. I was like, I met S.C. Hinton five years ago. I feel like I only met her like a year and a half, two years ago. You know, I bought the house four years ago. I, like, there's weird shit. I'm like, dude, that feels like a couple months back, eight yeah, months yeah. ago. I, and so you have all these indicators that are like digitally like reminding you of how much. Yeah. How Yeah. And in the past, it was just like whatever your mind thought it was, it felt that way. It was relevant to what you your feelings right. were about it. But now it's like, here it is, here it is, here it is, here it is, here it is. That happened to me. That happened to me a couple of days ago. As a matter of fact, I look. Joe Schellinger, Mr. Chops. He he tagged me, and he was like three years ago. And I look, and it was where when they when they they uh they destroyed the pet shop from Rocky. Uh, he sent me a brick too. I got it over here. Damn, I, I got a brick too. It's one of my prized possessions. I seen it. I, he blessed me. Yeah, but I, again. Bro, that's the the whole reason I started doing this shit. Once I got like into the urban exploring thing, man, it was like I started noticing in LA a lot of stuff was changing. You know, I, I go up on Sunset Boulevard every day when I, you know, uh, uh, for my meetings, and every day they were tearing down another historic building, and it started to look like Vegas does now, where like it just has, it looks like Dubai. You know, LA is starting to like it lost all its soul. I just saw. Uh, you know, a, a girl I know online, she she does a thing called the L.A. Vintage, an, an amazing page of all the historic L.A. stuff. But I guess they tore down Danny Kaye's house, which is before my time, but I knew who that is. But it was oh. a historic Beverly Hills house. But there's just no, nobody cares anymore for that history. There, there's people who care and there's most people who don't. And, you know, most people don't. And the time and money trumps the 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 nostalgic feeling. So I wanted to see it for myself, man. Especially after getting sober and you know running around for a couple of years just doing the the rigmarole shit. I'm like, I'm cash poor and I'm time rich. Let me use my time, like rich people use their money, right? And 
the urban exploring thing, I was like, bro, we live in an era for the first time in human history where your cell phone is everything. Even if one of us got a cell phone, it's everything. You yeah. got a, you could it, basically in layman's term, you got a camera, you got a, a, you got a television station, you got a radio station, you got a fucking navigator, master navigator, which is Google Maps or whatever maps you're using. Yeah. You got, you got your own station to broadcast it out to Twitter, Instagram, fucking Facebook. Um, you got a VCR, you know what I mean? Like all yeah, this kids, it's all in this little box, bro. Yeah. And then when you get to, to the location, you could pull it up on Google to make sure that you got, I mean, you could have it all there. I mean, it's the first time in history of some Star Trek shit. So yeah. bro, now is the time to see all that because if you're if you're if you're uh you know, if you're generation X and all the shit that you loved, it's it's all gone. And when we started this shit, like I'm gonna say it's eight years ago. A lot has changed, man. Ro isn't Roseland's gone now? Roseland's all all gone. the venues, CBGBs is gone. I, on those di on those discs, man, we were doing. Uh, me and Caves did a photo shoot for a Japanese brand out in front of uh, out in front of uh, CBGBs, and obviously everybody knows it's gone. But just to see the 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 awning there, and I mean, I I got a little the emotional. Awning is the same shape, but it says John Valvedos on it. It's, yeah, it's uh, up, and God bless. I mean, I went into John Valvedo's store. There were still tags on the back. Like he left this. Yes. It's almost like he 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 kind of preserved the shell in case they changed their mind. They wanted to plug back in, you know. And I guess technically that could be, but yeah. I mean, listen, dude. This is normal. Uh, I tell people all the time because people. I get a lot of people hitting me up. They're like, "Yo, dude, you hear they're trying to tear this building down?" And I'm like, "So? Yeah. Like, what do you mean? I thought you like." preserve stuff i said bro if it's that important to you you should have fucking patronized it or, yeah or you get 10 of your chums together and come up with fucking 500 large and buy the shit yourself yeah you can't you don't get the right to moan about that but you don't support it you don't you don't eat burgers there you haven't been there in a hundred you're like yo yeah or time marches on man we would all be in horse and buggy right now <laughs> if it yeah. didn't so i get it man you can't save them all you know so some buildings if you feel that strongly about it find a way if not it ain't meant to be there's there's some part of it that's like the divine order of things man i mean not all buildings are gonna last for fucking ever you know what i mean otherwise you know and i don't who would want that would you want the same shit always no. i mean no, no. so again it takes you know it, it takes what it takes but you know if you care that much, you know, get involved. And if not, it is what it is. That being said, what I can control is how I use my time. And I try to spend my time on as many road trips as possible. Yeah. I'm always, I'm always looking for things that I think that are like wobbling where they might not be here tomorrow. Make sure I see it uh, just for my own, like when it, when it's all said and done and then, and they're low in the box, you know, I want to know inside that like, man, I mashed out as much as I could and seen as yeah. much as I could. And, we live in an era. I mean, think about this right now. Gas prices are a dollar here. They're a dollar twenty nine. Wow. Yes. I know, and and I think the highest price it was in in Hawaii was like three dollars and something. When I left LA two and a half years ago, even when I was just back, I mean, the gas was like almost four dollars a gallon. Still, uh, I mean, so we have low gas prices right now. Obviously, you got to you know shelter in place in New York or whatever, but. As this thing opens up, man, I, I I think there'll be an explosion in people that want to, you kind of like 9-11, where you start to reassess what's what's valuable. Yeah, and man. it really is good friendships, good family, uh, and 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 you know, and and exploring, you know what I'm saying? Like those kind of things, the the those silly little things that we took for granted, man, you know, and yeah. and really we do that already. We encapsulate that. We do grown man goonies, man. I mean, we run around with our with our buddies throughout the city, hyped on shit that most people pass by on their regular day and don't even know exist, don't even care oh, about. Yeah, man. So I was just talking with with with, with Butchie yesterday and Jimmy Cash, man, and and talking about putting a you know we got to do an annual thing man we all get together we did it before me Butchie, a uh, dude named Zach, and another dude we we met in uh, Detroit. And we mashed out for literally like five days. We got a, we got a, what do you call those? Airbnb. I mean, we could have owned the house after a week in Detroit with the fucking <laughs> I mean, shit is so cheap. 
but we got a spot and we took my cop car. We went all around. We were strapped to the fucking knives. We were on top of buildings. We were in neighborhoods where you shouldn't go. We went to Eminem's lot where they had burnt down his original house because yeah, Tommy yeah. was loving it. I and remember that. I know that, man. It, sure. Yeah, I mean, we hit all the spots that were iconic from like, you know, and it was it, it, it was a life-changing experience. And I think at the end of the day, it cost us all about a couple hundred bucks and uh, four or five days of our time, man. But it was literally, it felt like a Stand By Me uh, uh, movie yeah. for for 2000 and, you know, whatever it was, 2015. But That's a great had, idea, man. Everybody got a little busy. Yeah, everybody got a little busy and shit happens. And, you know, I get it. But I'm at the point now, man, when this quarantine shit is over for everybody and we can find a free, a free little, like a, a weekend or, you know, Thursday till Monday situation. Some can stay longer. Some can pop in for a couple of days, but we should kind of really just put it together wherever it is. I don't, it don't even have to be, you know, only in, you know, us. I mean, I, I think it'd be convenient that way, but yeah, you know, uh, we, we should find somewhere where we could really uh, experience that city in a way that, you know, that's would be idea, man. Yeah, so nice. So, so now you are in Tulsa. You said you're in the Mayo Hotel, right? Yeah. But now, I, I, see, I'm honestly, I honestly, I'm not sure. So I'm going to legitimately ask you my first technical question. What's the history? Isn't there something with maybe not SE Hinton related, but something maybe Rumblefish, something with the Mayo Hotel history? Yeah, the Mayo, you see, the, so the Mayo, I, I'm going to guess it's a 100-year-old hotel. I live at the top floor in the in Wait Phillips from Phillips 66's old apartment. It's an amazing apartment. It's an it's a, it's a, it's a incredible hotel. And because of Tulsa, it's, it's affordable, actually. I pay about what I used to pay in Beverly Hills for an apartment. So, I, you know, laterally, I'm not paying any more to live in Tulsa, but I'm I'm... My car insurance is three hundred bucks less. I get my health insurance is like everything. Just like it's so cheap to live here. That being said, you see the sign in Rumblefish. You just see it as a as a takeaway shop. We have a giant sign on top of a neon sign on top of this building just says Mayo. And so in in Rumblefish for a second they do a pan of the city, the clouds, and then the Mayo sign just like lights up and then it disappears and then they go to something else. But gotcha. when I first got to Tulsa, I was like. I saw the Mayo thing lit up. I was like, "Oh shit!" That's like it, it immediately. I recognized it from Rumblefish. I'm like, "This place is rad." And so, yeah, I I, I came to Tulsa uh, maybe 12 years ago on on the first La Coca Nostra tour, and I walked around the city for a couple of days. We had three days off here. Um, 12 years ago, the shit the city was shuttered, um, meaning, you know, uh, a lot of the big oil companies had pulled out. 20, 30 years prior. Uh, it used to be the oil capital of the world. It was a, you know, very rich city in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. Yeah. Uh, very wealthy. And then the money kind of disappeared when the when all the oil companies decided to leave and go to Texas. And uh, so downtown Tulsa was kind of like a, being on the back, uh, back lot of like Warner Brothers or Universal or it's this amazing Art Deco uh, city with all these incredible buildings, all ornate, you know, looks like old New York, old Chicago, but nobody was down here. And I was like, what the, and this is before I put two and two together that the outsiders was filmed here. Yeah. And I need to get there one day, man. That's a bucket list spot. I need to get to the damn house, man. Yeah, no. And so I just, you know, I fell in love with the city before knowing that the, you know, that the, that there was an Essie Hinton connection and Coppola connection. And obviously everybody is involved with those films, but, uh, you know, the train runs through the freight train. So I hear the train and it always reminds me of, you know, of just like growing up and that kind of, you know, that vibe, the, the sunsets here are, are, are fucking incredible. Dude, I see those pictures that you post. It looks like paintings, man. Yeah, and it changes every, every 10 seconds. I'm doing a book actually, you know, of all my sunsets. And so I'm working on that now, but, uh, it just, I mean, it's hard to encapsulate, man. We spent another five hours telling me about it, but I came here. I felt that vibe, man. I've, I've, I've heard people in the past say, I don't know why, but I just, I felt at home here. And I, I, as soon as I got here, I felt like I belonged here. And I didn't even know that my favorite movie was filmed here. And it was the next day that I realized that that was filmed here. The yeah. camp ballroom is here, which was like the CBGBs of the Midwest. It's where the Sex Pistols played their second to last show in 78. But the hist historic, uh, presence in that room is again it's akin to uh 
CBGBs where all your favorite bands, they fucking, they, they came through there. They not only came through there, they got their start at Kane. So everybody from right. like the police, Van Halen, Van Halen was opening for Montrose when they played here, which is ironic because, you know, because of Sammy Hagar and whatnot. But like that, yeah. the, the Sex Pistols played here. Every fucking, it was a honky tonk with every cowboy uh, swing dancing, radio station out of there. It was, so the history is incredible here. Um, and then because of the outsiders, when I found out that that was filmed here, I lost my mind, started looking for locations. And really that's where the Delta Bravo thing started when I found the house and took the photo out front and people started going yeah. ape shit for it. On that tour, again, I was the only one that I know of that was sober. I was highly caffeinated and I just bought a new uh, nice point and click camera. So I started using that tour, tour bus as like my own little time machine, man. And I, in Dallas, I think I hit the, the, the grassy knoll and got some photos over there. And then I went to Minneapolis next and I got the Mary Tyler Moore shit with my man. And uh, back then I wasn't interested in like lining it up perfect. People are like, yeah, I'm like, dude, just trust me. It's here. I yeah. was just, my examples were really poor, but <laughs> I didn't care. Cause I just wanted to be there and be like, yo, I've been here. I, I, I went and seen that shit. And I started finding a following with it, man. And I feel like, you know, this thing grew out of really just coming to Tulsa and our love for, you know, uh, pop culture history you know, urban exploring in its true sense is, is people who live in like Canadian cities where like the the infrastructure and all the all that old, uh, you know, steel mills and, and old breweries and all of that old shit is kind of like disappeared or uh, Detroit with the car industry. You know, that's those buildings are like, but we didn't have that in Hollywood, man. We don't have that in Beverly Hills and you don't got that in New York because the the land, the, the, the value of property is is so much so that nothing really stays forever abandoned. So we started doing the pop culture shit, which again, that's our generation, man. We're the kids eating cereal in front of the television, watching Happy Days, watching, you know, watching uh, Laverne and Shirley, watching fucking Starsky and Hutch. And so I wanted to know where are those places? Where's that scene? Where's this? Where's the opening film? And so some of my favorites are literally like the junkyard in, in Sanford and Son is literally not anywhere where you would think it would be. It's in Burbank. It's not. Yeah, and that's the great thing when you find spots and you mash it up and you're able to show yeah. people like motherfucker. I've driven past that for a hundred years, never knowing that that was the true. Yeah, I knew it, dude. There's things I used to work. I'm in Bath Beach right now. I'm on 20th Avenue between Cropsey and Short Parkway. But I used to work in Bay Ridge at a school, right around the block, right by Pizzeria Uno. Pizzeria Uno's. There's like all sorts of Saturday Night Fever shots right there. I had no. I walked past there a hundred times, going to Staples, going here, getting my car, or my oil change, everything, That's all right. right there. And it's crazy. But before I even found out, before I met you, before the whole Delta Bravo thing that I was even aware of. Years and years ago, I'm a big guy. I like all those, you know, silly 80s slasher movies and stuff. So one day, years ago, I went online to try to find where actually the first Camp Crystal Lake was from Friday the 13th. Sure. And I see it's like Blairstown, New Jersey. And I map it. At the time, I put like MapQuest in or whatever. I'm like, wow, that's far away. All right, well, maybe one day I'll get there. And then eventually, once I heard about the, you know Delta Bravo, this and that, and I was like, that gives me a, a better excuse and motivation to actually go there and check it out. And I've been there so many times since. It's just fucking, oh, you know. You, what you reminded me of two things. One, before I forget, I want to thank you because like anything else, man, you know, we start something, it gets like, it starts to get some momentum. We start good shifting a second gear, second gear hits third. We, we, we smoking tires and this shit is right. And uh -huh. then bad eggs and a few fucking, you know, people who just don't mix well with other motherfuckers and start to, you know, and before long, you know, it was starting to sputter and, you know, it had some like, you know, just points where I was like starting to get over it. And then you came through and you started hitting locations again with like the fervor and shit. And you kind of really rebooted the whole thing, man. So, you know, literally hats off to you, man, because uh, I love, I love doing like, it. Grab the football at the fucking 50 yard and run it for a fucking few more. We get closer to the red zone. And, you know, at one point when we first started this, man, I was getting hit left, right and then fucking center. 
everybody in Hollywood. It started with the dude who fucking uh, Mark Burnett's people were hitting me up. They want to do a TV show with us. They were flying me and Naco around. We went out to fucking New Mexico to some giant guy who owned all the satellites and, and has like Reels TV. We had an agent. We had a manager. People were trying to make this a, like a big TV show and it just never fucking happened. It was always like Hollywood is like, we love your idea. Now we want you to change it and make it something completely different so it's palatable for television. And we were like, what? Like, no. we don't do that. We don't talk like that. We don't act like that. No. So it never really happened. And then, again, some people came around because they were fans of House of Pain or they were fans of fucking something else and they were trying to meet other people. And so we've kind of, like, cut the fat away. And yeah, then it's corny. Kind of just, it's like, that's yeah, corny. And then, you know, we got to a point where, you know, we so, I had personally seen so many things that you get anesthetized and 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 you you kind of lose that sensation. I mean, when I got here to Tulsa and I re- and I was in front of that outsider's house, man, I couldn't believe it, man, that the park and the house were right in the same neighborhood in the Rumble Field. And that was <laughs> yeah. the closest to like a, a, a tr- like a mescaline trip. I was like, I felt like I was walking in like my 13 or 14 year old like dream sequence yes. because everything had looked so much the same as it did when they filmed here in 82 that I had to like pinch myself. I could not believe that this was real. And yeah. that was so powerful to me that I thought, man, I'm going to replicate that like a good drug addict, alcoholic that I am, you know, I mean, <laughs> if, if one is good, a thousand is better, you know? And so sure. that's really what, what every time I started to hit a spot, I was like, Holy fuck. Uh, over the edge. One, another one of my fucking uh, favorite movies, man. And I got to see the school right before they tore it down. And yeah. uh, the newspaper came out and covered it. They even sent me a brick a year later when they tore it down. The newspaper went out of their way to send me a brick and a photo. And incredible. But it's changed my life, man, and for the better. And it's inspired. You're inspiring people on the regular, man, because you cover stuff that might not have been like those slasher films are not in my wheelhouse, man. I just never was a fan of those things right, because right. they're scary to me. And I don't like being scared. I like, I like other shit, you know? And so it's yeah, great yeah. that you probably opened the fold to other people who were like, yeah, that's cool, but I'm not interested in Mary Tyler Moore and the outsiders. It's it's corny to me, but I like the shit that you're doing. But what a trip it is to actually like, you know, have your childhood memories or your 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 adolescent, your teenage memories, and then be able to as an adult stand there. Go to yeah, to like it's it's awesome. and it's so, who don't get it, I get it, whatever. But for me, it's been the greatest gift. That 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 I've ever one of the greatest gifts that I've ever received, along with sobriety, and they go for me. It goes hand in hand with sobriety. I also want to tell you this: when I first started doing this, me and Nako started doing this. Who's an LAPD, a former NYPD, LAPD dude, and and I won't unpack how we met. We met on some like we we met at a fucking uh, uh, Kenneth Anger uh, was was yeah, doing yeah. something. Who's that's well, a whole other I, rabbit hole. I had Nako on. And he kind of briefly went over how. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was kind of not sure if he really, are you a cop? Are you in the dock? And I'm thinking, what do I do? What does he know? Fucking why? Who sent him? You know? But what we started to do was we started to, uh, we started to, you know, to now I fucking forgot what I was going to tell you. We started to do this thing. And it, it, when I looked online at this time, and I'm trying to think what year this was, it might've been like 2008, 2009. The only people who were doing anything remotely close to this were location scout type dudes. Okay. And they had Flickr accounts. And for whatever reason, Nako had no, knew one of them. And Nako actually showed him a spot in Heat because Nako is a big fan of Heat. And there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a scene in, in Heat where they go meet Tone Loke. And there's actually a jump, uh, the House of Pain song in there. Yes. Nako knew where that, that 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 location was, and he gave that to the dude. But the dude had another location that we wanted, and he wouldn't give it to us. And what I'm getting at is online at the time, nobody gave up addresses. It was all like na-na-na-na-na shit. It was like, here's the fucking scene. Here's what it looks like today, and no address. And I'm like, why are you being stingy? Like, let me see. Yeah. They, their whole shit was like, nah, we found it. Fuck you. And again, for me... The sobriety thing is in order to keep it, you got to give it away. That's how sobriety works. Like when you're in the program, you got to be that hand that when people reach out to to, to help. And so when I started to do the, the urban exploring stuff, man, I did it textbook style. And that's why I kind of like, I'm a stickler for like brand it, put yep. the, what movie, what year, what scene, where it is, and any photo credits. Like we, so that people who are new to it go, wow. It's all right here because yes. I'm encouraging you at that point to go see it yourself. 
Like yeah, yeah. people post and somebody did it before. So what? Early on, we used to get in a lot of headbutt like with other members because they're like, yo, dude's doing my spots. I'm like, bro, so nobody else can see him now? Like you don't want someone else can't hit the beastie spot? Yeah, they, you showed it. Now they're hitting it. Let right. them live. Like let them, that's right. the whole thing. It's about their actual experience right. going there for themselves. So for me, it was a mitzvah. It was paying it forward. Like I found this spot. Maybe you didn't know. Maybe you knew. Here's the intel. Go see it for yourself, man. And that was the whole beautiful thing about this. We weren't doing, there was no, you know, you didn't have to buy in. You could be a member by just saying I'm a member. Uh, and all we asked was you just followed those rules and you brand the content because, you know, if you do your content on your page, that's cool. You don't have to brand it. But if you're coming on my page, I don't want to do show and tell neither. Like, or people, right. there was another dude who was trying to bring people to his page, competing with our page, posting on our page. I'm like, nah, that's not how it works. Other than that, it's it's you know we do it for the love of a uh, 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 historic and and you know pop culturally relevant uh, things. So anyway, we're here now. It's 2020. This quarantine has has kind of like re re reinvigorated my 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 wanderlust. My my travel like bug is kicking in again, and I and I, I I'm looking forward to like when everybody else can kind of like you know get freed up so that we can do way more of this together yeah. so we need to either get rent an rv or, and roll it out that way or we all need to fly into a city and and you know get a get a few uh, uh you know rental vans and and we need to just and the good thing is we got all the people we need man we, i've got video dudes i got camera dudes i know that um uh, mona and uh and butchie in particular man these dudes make dossiers like they're looking they're, <laughs> oh you know, yeah it, you know like it's some like <laughs> nypd type uh level like it, intel you know and so we i can't wait i guess what i'm saying is to is to really to see a little bit more man because if the if this uh if this pandemic has taught me anything, it's again, it's like, you know, life is fragile, man, and time is of the essence. And um, while I am still pretty much time rich per se, I'm going to go. You, you, you can't get your time back, man. You I, I want to I wanna spend it wisely and I want to spend it, you know, uh, trying to do stuff that not only we love to do, but it inspires other people to get out and go see these things. So sure. That's uh that's really what I'm looking for. Hopefully summer clears up a little bit that we could do something like that. And there's no reason why we can't, you know. Oh, absolutely no reason. So 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 you were on tour. I I know you've spoken about this a lot, Dan, but you know, for, for people who might not know, um, all right, so you were on tour with La Coca Nosha in what, two thousand what'd you say? Nine, I think. Yeah, nine. 2009 and yeah. then you found the outsider's house and you sort of I, I feel i felt like you know what i'm on the tour bus and every time we get to i'm gonna look up it was again it was a very unique time man it was the first time that i had a laptop on a tour bus with the tour bus had the internet access uh i mean this is this is prior to this this is not possible man that you could okay minneapolis what's notable in minneapolis oh mary tyler moore i love that show as a kid growing up my mother's favorite show so I'm like, where, where was, where was her house? Like where there? And then I looked up and Nickelodeon had just put a statue where she threw her hat at the opening credits. Uh, as I started to do the Google a little bit, I was like, wow, there's like all of these seven degrees of separation between like the films I love, Bad News Bears, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, uh, The Outsiders. There's all of these weird little um, you know, things, Mary Tyler Moore, the guy who shot that. And I forget his name. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, uh, a Persian, uh, cinematographer who actually married Jennifer Jason Lee's mother oh, and shit. Jennifer, J yeah, it's got all of these like, bro, they, I, I, again, it'll take another five hours to unpack all this stuff, but there's yep. all this weird energy and everything that we do. And I feel like every time I get to a spot, it's connected to something, someone, something else that leads us to the next thing. So this tour just started to do that. By the time I hit New York, I called Mona. I wanted to do summer of Sam stuff and find all the, uh, all of that stuff. Yeah. In Brooklyn. And I, I had a ticket to where that led to his arrest because the, the car was parked in a neighborhood. And I couldn't read it. And I forgot that Mona, you know, used to be on the job. I don't know how you forget that. And he's like, give me that motherfucking thing. And he looked at the ticket. He goes, bro, it's one block over. And we found the hydrant. We found yeah. the newspaper article that had a picture of the car in front of the hydrant. It looked just like time. It stood still. So I started to do all this. I, I, parked, my, like, I parked my truck over there all the time. It's right, off of Bay, it's like right outside of Bay Ridge, right? 
It's it's Bath Beach. It's like Bay 16th Street in Shore Parkway. There it is. So I mean, I, I, like my, my girl will be like, so then I'll be driving around looking for a spot because I don't have a driveway. Oh, where'd you park? And I'll always say Son of Sam, and she'll know exactly where I parked. I always say I parked at Son of Sam. And you can, yeah. You know, the lady says she was looking out the kitchen window, and the only thing they asked her did anything change in this neighborhood all week. She says, no, nah, nothing except well, that car's been here. And that's, you know, what they say. I guess there's, there's some other, you know, things that that's controversial, but that's what the lady said in the newspaper. But you could see her window. You could see how she had, uh, you know, that that purview to the to the hydrant. Anyway, again, it's the kind of shit that I get excited about because as a kid, man, I remember, you know, I remember everybody in New York, there were women were dyeing their hair different colors and cutting it because he had a, he had a type that he liked. And then, you know, that really rocked the city. And then... ESPN did that uh, that documentary about the Yankees. It was like a mockumentary with John Turturro. It, mm-hmm. it was called, uh, what is it called? Something's on fire. Uh, the Bronx is burning. The Bronx is burning. Yeah, oh, yeah. what a fucking classic. And then they touch on all of that because it, they, they it's 77, they're making their run and, and, and Jimmy Breslin is doing this Son of, Son of Sam shit. And, mm-hmm. and man, it just gets me excited. So when then I started just hitting locations, we went up to the Bronx, we went to the old uh, the New York baseball giant stadium where that staircase is. And yeah. this is before they redid it. Now, a lot of that stuff is either gone or they redid it to make it like tourist friendly or, you know, we hit warrior spots, which is another one as a kid, man. I mean, in oh, 70, me too. All over. I was still a young, a young guy. That movie was like my everything. And so to be able to go to those parks and to see where those things happen and meet people, that were you know meet Apache Ramos, who was the 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 orphan uh, dude, and it just I met so many people, man. We started doing a podcast after that. I was and able shout to, out to a, shout out to Apache because he was also on this podcast. He invited yeah. me to his house. His daughter and his daughter and his son-in-law made me food. We watched a Yankee game and we bullshit for like two hours, mm-hmm. all about that stuff. And he gave me props because I didn't make him say. You know, we're going to rain on you, Warriors. I didn't make him say it. So I was like, <laughs> I'm an instant fan. Yes, he's like, you didn't make me say it. That's a good yeah, man. Shout out to Apache. He was a sweetheart and, a, and, a, and an awesome family yeah, as well. I mean, he's one of a kind, man. He came out here and we did an event with him. We did we screened that movie in 35 millimeter at the Circle Cinema. He did a Q&A. We did an art show with him and... and he, 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 yeah, I mean, I can't say enough good things about him. So again, this thing started off at the outsider's house, me just taking a photo of my mind was blown to, to this whole subculture type of, you know, uh, loose knit group of people who love the same stuff, man. And it's brought so many, when I hear that story, it, it, it lights me up because again, like somebody, somebody sent me a link to where he was when we started posting warrior stuff. So I added him as a friend and Mona, went out to meet him in Long Island City and he Mona took him for the first time because we knew where that scene was filmed and he hadn't been back since he had filmed that scene. So he filmed, Mona filmed him with the camera, with the cell phone and Apache was like brought to tears because he hadn't been back in like 30 years to that location. And and he was saying it wrong because it was like a new thing. He was like Delta Urban Exploring Apache, man. I can't believe it, bro. He was like, and I got all emotional, man. It was like, holy shit. So this thing has really like, Looking back, man, it, it, it's enriched so many people's life, and I don't take any credit. I just we started to do it, and it started to gain steam, and I it just it it's it, it every time it starts to sputter, man, someone else puts it on their shoulder and and takes it a little further down the line, and so I'm now getting like to the point where like I'm at the front of the line again, ready to you know ready to fucking uh, get busy. So yeah, yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Now, what's going on? I mean, obviously, you have the whole Outsiders House Museum is up and running. Um, people can, well, what's going on with the with the DX? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, in, in, in a nutshell, I found that house, the Outsiders House, which is the house that the Curtis family lived in, in the Outsiders. I found it for myself in 2009. Other people, obviously, maybe, you know, locals knew where it was, whatever. Uh, five years later, after wondering what was happening with that house and if, you know, uh, if, if they would ever sell it, I finally contacted the owner. I ended up buying it. We started to raise money, turned it into a museum. We opened it up to the public maybe, oh, it's almost been a year ago. It took me three years to do it. 
We've got the largest collection of Mumi memorabilia, screen-worn uh, wardrobe, just everything. It's it's all here. So that if there's anything that I'm proud of, because, again, this was a collaborative effort between me and a city who adopted me and in a, in a city that I adopted, even in a state that I adopted. And, and, and S.E. Hinton and Outsiders fans really, really made this thing possible. But if I put the feather in my cap for anything, it's that we've amassed, I've amassed the largest collection of Outsiders memorabilia in the world, back here in Tulsa, where it belongs, at the house. That being yeah, said, we had a wonderful uh, grand opening with with uh, Tommy Howell came out. We've had uh, Ralph Macho out here. We've had the the tall social Darren Dalton a bunch of times. We've had uh, a lot of the you know extras that live here locally come through, and the museum is good. What I what it ended up turning out to be uh, is more of a our biggest crowd since the opening has been school kids. So we do a lot of uh, Monday through Friday, we have schools come through on the bus. They pay a reduced fee. They bring the, the teacher brings them. They're usually at seventh and eighth grade reading the novel um, and their minds are blown. I mean, for them, it's like a Willy Wonka experience because they're reading the book. Then they go see the movie at the theater where it was filmed at the Circle Cinema. And then they come to the house and they see all of the books and memorabilia and posters and be in the actual house from the movie that they just saw on the book they're reading. And so it's been it, it's been a educational museum awesome, uh, more than it's been like the movie fan museum because movie fans are my age in their fifties so it's like they love it too but the kids man it's like this is like their foray into like the the you know the first book that they're reading right now that's required reading for most kids and uh, and the subject matter is appealing to them because it's greasers and socias and they yeah, can't yeah. believe that this all took place in their town or their in their in their state of Oklahoma so. That's really become my focal point as to how do how do I now I can't bring the state and the museum to other states and other classes. So we're trying to figure out now how to do what we're doing right now, where we do a virtual tour and I can, you know, you can a class can log in and then I can do the intro and then I can have my guides bring them room to room and show them and that we can do we can bring this to people outside of the state or outside of Tulsa, Oklahoma. But other than that, it's really we use it as an event center. Again, we've done, we've had, um, we've had a few people do like speaking tours here. We've had a band play for the local radio station and broadcast out from the Outsiders House Museum. We've uh, hopefully we're going to do some weddings coming up. I mean, again, the the pandemic has kind of thrown it all off. But yeah, if you're a greaser, if you're a rockabilly, why wouldn't you do? Why would you want to get married at the Outsiders House and keep it, you know, keep it thorough? Yeah. Keep it so. Uh, we, 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 are hoping to do a, you know, we, we have a, we, we have a, the, the house is situated on a double property, which means it has a nice size yard on the side. We've tented it before. It could probably hold, you know, 300 people on it. We've done movie night there where we watch the outsiders on the lawn of the house. You know, all of these events get sold out immediately. We crashed the website for that one. And we want to show Rumblefish, Tex, um, the outsiders, just two versions of that. Um, and stuff like that. So, I mean, really, it's just become a full-time gig for me. I live here at the in Tulsa. I love it here. Um, I'm in the dead center. Tulsa's dead center of the U.S. Uh, within, like, 40 miles. I mean, like, literally, technically, you could 40 miles from where the, like, the pin would drop to be anatomically, like, dead center of the U.S., which makes it really uh, nice for a guy who likes to explore, man, because I can drive two, hour, two days and be in New York. I could drive two days and be in L.A., or you know, a day and a half to be in Canada, or or, or you know, a day to be in Mexico if I wanted. So I like that I'm in striking distance of all the things that I would ever want to see. And uh, again, it's affordable living here. People are fantastic. That's another you know, it's literally like how it used to be maybe in the '70s anywhere else, man. If your your car breaks down on the side of the road, you're not getting people honking and telling you to go fuck yourself. They actually pull over and push you out of the street and help you get go to the gas and get gas. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of that still here where I don't find that in in LA and New York anymore. Nah, it's far and few between, man. You're not getting that in the major cities for the most uh, part at all. Well, yeah, and I don't blame you know a lot of again a lot of there's a lot of transient people in the sense of like people come to LA from all over the planet. So are they LA people who are dicks or is it just people who are like you know in New York is the same way, man. You got like it's a melting pot of people, but everybody is so you break down in LA, people are honking you, telling you to get out of the way, and I get it. Because yeah. the pressure for them is so high, or they're just selfish assholes. But you understand what I'm saying? Like 
of course. Oh, shit, how dare you break down and ruin my day? I'm you don't understand what I'm going through. <laughs> True, it's a lot slower life. And at 51, man, it's the pace I like. You know, I don't, I don't, there's no traffic, there's no freeway congestion. There, you go to the airport, it feels like an episode of Mad Men. It's like there's nobody. I have the TSA pre-check shit. I don't even bother, you know? Right. There's, there's no <laughs> there's no reason, man. Everybody and everybody's like calm and cool and so yeah, I, there's nothing I don't like about Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, the weather's the weather changes every 20 minutes. Which coming from LA, where every day is Groundhog's Day and every day is clear, predictably beautiful, 80 degrees weather. I've had a lifetime of that. I like that one. You know, every hour it could be rain, hail, sunny again, then cold. It's so I enjoy everything about it. And it, this thing has given me a purpose, man. There were years where I, from literally like after House of Pain till this, like, what do I do for a living? What am I supposed to do? You know, you get to a point where I got to a point where I, I outgrew the way I felt about hip hop because hip hop changed, man. And, and it's, sure. it's just like hardcore changes, man. It's like, this ain't matinees in 80 something at CBGB's that gets gone. And that was great. But the mindset that I was in, in, in my twenties is not the mindset I'm in at 51, man. And so it just, you know, and, and so I had to figure a way to like do something that I felt there was a need for me here, you know, and, and instead of just trying to cling on to what once was. And so, for me, this thing needs me as much as I need it. You know, people thank me all the time in Tulsa. Thank you for what you're doing for Tulsa. Thank you for what you're doing for the outsiders. I'm like, <laughs> thank Tulsa for what they're doing for me. I need Tulsa more than Tulsa needs me. I just, you know. Uh, but you did bring, but you did bring it back to the forefront, and you did put a new, you know, uh, you sh- you shined a big light on it, and you brought it back. And every, but again, it's, 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 it's ironic how all that works. You know, you do it for the right reasons and it comes back tenfold. So, yeah. you know, I did it cause I love the outsiders and I couldn't imagine the world if they tore that place down and it was close to being torn down. They were coming through that neighborhood, tearing all those houses, putting in habitat for humanity homes, which are nice, affordable homes for people who can't afford homes, me being one of them. But I, I don't care how affordable, how cool they are, they should never tear down historic locations such as that right, to right. put one of those. So it all worked out in the end. But again, it's it's been one of the greatest. Again, I couldn't have asked for a better situation for me personally. And, and you know, it, it, this is, to me, this is like, you know, uh, proof, proof positive that I was on the right path and I'm on the right path. Yeah, and do man. what I'm supposed to do, man. And, uh, you know, again, you see me out there with, like, 30 screaming 7th seventh graders, and I'm like, don't get on the fence. And hold on, I got to wait. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to corral them all. And half of me is, like, authoritarian teacher, and half of me is, like, half the kid like them and want to rumble with, you know. Uh, it, it's it's the weirdest thing ever. It's kindergarten cop. And, uh, yeah. you know, I'm out there just doing my thing. But I couldn't in a million years predict that this is where I would have been and this is what I would have been doing, but I wouldn't have it any other way. So. All right. That's awesome. Well, I know, I know, I mean, you did touch on House of Pain. We're not going to get into all that, but I know that, you know, the pandemic and everything. I threw all that on there. All of that House of Pain shit I threw away on those discs. So there's nothing. No, I get it. I completely get it. (laughs) But I know, but you, but you do, I mean, obviously there's a pandemic going on right now, but you do, you do every once in a while, you do a nice little run of shows with La Coconosha with Bill and Eclipse and Slain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I, it's not, I I don't want to sound, like I don't, uh, you listen, uh, to do those shows and we, I was just talking to Slane a couple of days ago. He's like, fuck man. They're saying that like real touring will not even like occur till 2021. If you know, because again, the first industry that got, that got hit were like the tourists, you know, the, the BOK center, I look out the window, we got it, which is like the equivalent to Staples in LA or Barclays to, to you. The BOK Center is this massive uh, arena here that they have all the tier one shows. So U2, Guns N' Roses, fucking Elton John, everybody. And yeah. they shut down first. They Before the world got locked down, they preemptively shut, shut arenas down a month before. And they will be the last to reopen because those size crowds, people are going to be like, ew, I don't know, you know? So they got hit the worst. Obviously, La Coca Nostra and House of Pain are nowhere near playing BOK Center. But all the small mom and pop uh, venues, my buddy Donnie Rich, guy who helped me more than anybody else with this outsider's house, owns a place here, the venue shrine. And, and it's like, I'm guessing his spot holds a couple hundred people, small club like CBGB's type of thing. 
But man, I mean, when's he going to be able to get back to business? It's going to be tough. And why I say all that is because in the last couple of years, even with House of Pain and and La Coca Nostra, in my heart of heart and in my mind, I was like, man, even if we're if I'm riffing with Everlast and it's like, you know, whatever, whatever, uh, or it's fucking freezing in Dusseldorf and we're like in a fucking van and we're miserable because we're, you know, we're just not where we want to be as a band playing the venues we want to play with the crowds we want to see in the in the audience it's like it's always been a blessing man because i always look at it like bro this king could be over in a minute and you think forever but it's nothing's forever and uh, what i'm getting at is like and slain was like will we ever do you think we'll ever will maybe it's over like maybe we'll never and i gotta look at it like i looked at those shows all of them my mouth to god's ear i was like bro i used to tell myself danny Act as if this is the last time you'll ever be able to perform this. And that gratitude and that energy is what I always brought because I always knew in my mind's eye, you know, we're at the age too where we die. Like people die, man. I did a lot of damage in the past and I feel like I'm healthy and I I do my thing, but people die, man. People get heart attacks. People get hit by whatever. Uh, So I, my, in my mind, if it never happens again, it'll be, it, it, it will suck, but I really, took all of those shows like it could be now yeah. as we said time moved very fast i'm already in my mind i'm already on tour with lacoca right now in canada of course you are one and that's how it works you know yeah. but maybe not and so w- w- more will be revealed that yeah. being said i don't like look back at house of pain or or lacoca in particular as like those old times now i'm i've moved on that was a great era both of those men were like i I, i'm the luckiest guy in the room on on any of those things even though i started those things you know what i mean uh but better men than me propelled it into what it you know took it to the next level i look at those as everything that i went through brought me to here today you know so uh including with the delta bravo shit like i couldn't have in good faith left la to move to this strange spot, Tulsa, Oklahoma, with, we have literally less than a million people here. Like the city of Tulsa, I think has 400,000 people. Wow. That's small, bro. Yeah, man. LA is 4 million people. Yeah. So, but the Delta Bravo shit that I had been doing for like five years prior to move here, like I left no stone unturned. Right. So I wasn't like, damn, I don't know if I could leave LA because I still wanted to do X, Y, and Z. I had done it at nauseum because I would yeah. take dudes like you when you come to LA and I show you that shit that I had done time and time again. Every week I was taking the route, taking somebody who was from out of town, like, yo, let me show you the Batcave. Let me take you on the Hollywood sign. Nako got the key. Let me take you down here to the fucking, you know, Lamert Park where they murdered the, the, the Dahlia lady. Let me take you over to the hood to show you what I was taking motherfuckers everywhere, bro, to the point where I was like, I was exhausted. I had done everything I needed to do. I go to New York on the regular. Bro, I just want to sit here and do my thing. And the biggest takeaway is that all of that shit changes in a heartbeat. So take it for what it's worth. See as much and do as much as you can while you're here. And now, again, my new shit is I'm putting plaques up for Rumblefish right now. We did one already for a scene that was filmed in an alley. We got another one coming on Hodges Bend that's already, the plaque is already in and it's done. I'm trying to get the funding for the first Outsiders plaque, which I've already got half of it and a commitment from the Circle Cinema to put a plaque on their thing. So I'm going to do 12 plaques from Rumblefish, 12 for the Outsiders. And these are $2,500 brass official ass plaques. And mark the city. So my work here, even while I'm confined, I'm still working on all, all of this shit. So I'm still in the game in that way. And it just never stops, man. We, that's we do beautiful. Like, we, man, we, that, 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 you know, that's awesome shit that you do, for real. So it, it just, uh, you know, my mother told me advice a long time ago, man. And I'm sure she, 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 yeah. She told me, follow your heart and the money will follow. And being the sarcastic prick I was, I yelled back, well, what if the money doesn't follow? And being the sarcastic prick she was, she said, well, then you spent your fucking life doing what you love to do. And right. I, she's right. Now, what I come to find out that the, that wasn't her concept. That was a book of like on the on the supermarket shelves in the seventies, right? The, mm-hmm. the do what you like and the money will follow. And then maybe about a, a ten years ago, we went to lunch, and she was like, "I still don't understand what you do for a living." I said, "Ma, someone told me a long time ago, do what you like and the money will follow." And she was like, yeah. "White like a ghost." Of course. Now, check, please. <laughs> <laughs> I, awesome. 
Sometimes the instructions can be complicated. Those were easy enough that I, even I could follow them. And that's what I've been following my whole life, man. I just, I do what I love and I give it a hundred percent when I'm into it. And then when it starts to fucking not, you know, it's just not my thing anymore. I just, or I can't do any more than I would have already done. I, I pivot and I find something else, man. I think we all do that, but I've done that to a, a little bit in a different area where, you know, I've been very successful at, the, at, at doing what I love and getting paid to do it. I still don't have the answer to answer my mother's question, what I do for a living. Cause I still don't know how all this works. I just, right. for whatever reason it works. Uh, and you know, I just keep I do it one day at a time, man. And that's real. It's a beautiful thing, brother. Yeah, nice. Man. You said that uh, you know, you do come to New York and whatever. So when this all dies down, we gotta link up with Mona and we gotta go to Lugas. Because I went I went to I went to Lugas for the first time. I know it's bad. It was I, know, the- I, I heard I was the one that told you eat slog, motherfucker. That's right. Yeah, that's right. You did tell me, and I did I get those gold coins in my schlag. I I put the schlag in the pocket when the, if motherfuckers are like, "Let's go," I'm like, "Fuck!" I make sure that none is left. Leave, leave no schlag behind. Right. Yeah, but it was awesome. I took one bite. I said, "Best steak I ever had." For real. When you come to Tulsa, man, I don't know that I can get you a better steak. I can get you a comparable steak, but you'll get the best barbecue ribs that you ever had in your life. And I put that on anything. And I told people who are rib eaters, including my brother, who was like, nah, I took him. He was like, yo, D. And I was like, yeah, motherfucker. He didn't say another word. He didn't have to. Right. He he looked like, I mean, he had so much, he had so much barbecue sauce on his face. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do the best thing here at this place called Burnco, so I'll definitely have to treat you to that. And uh, I look forward to you coming here. I got to actually boogie. I got to get over to the house to handle some stuff. Go handle your business, brother. And I appreciate you. Thank you yeah, for your no, time. I appreciate stuff. you, man. And thanks for uh, again moving the needle with the Delta Bravo stuff. Uh, hopefully, this summer we, everything will clear up, and we can even even if it's just going upstate New York, or even if it's going to somewhere in New Jersey for a, you know a mission. Uh, we'll just make a mission out of it and uh, try to hit uh, somewhere where we all haven't hit. Yeah, and, uh, you may and do some cool shit while we're all still alive. I'm down, dude. My man, always hey. a pleasure. Bro. Say hi to hey. the missus and. Uh, I will Watch, send 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 Mona some cases to crack. I think he's he's going stir crazy watching too much. I TV. do. I was like, yo, you're bored. What else are you doing? So I, I sent him a few things. He's like, I'm on it. Give me a little minute. He had, he had to he had to actually go outside the box and pull in some other of his boys, unmentionable people, yeah, to actually get me some spots. Shout out to Bill Court too. Tell him tell him to get it get 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 it get some. I'll, I'll <laughs> right. put you on a DM. <laughs> <laughs> Secret weapons. All right, nice. Jim, listen, stay gold, my man. Talk my to man. You. Absolutely. We're over here now. All right, that's it. Peace.